we'll just let you know. Oh, okay. I see. Yep. Yep. So we're recording. Yeah. I live back behind uh, Aberdeen, um, the shop, right. You know? Oh, Oh, Home right. Depot. Okay. Yeah, dude. I used to live in the army housing back there. Yeah. I'm not that far off from there. Um, okay. Yeah. I live uh, in this, there's like, it's a, it's a nice, we got three bedroom um, apartment, couple bath, big spacious apartment, three, That's it's awesome. a building that has three other apartments and uh, it's like two stories. So there's two on the bottom, two upstairs and it's an old farm home. Um, oh dude, that's awesome. Yeah. So I it's like not it. like a, it's not like a, like a complex. It's just, like no, no, I yeah. have my own front door. I have, I'm, I have like the main uh, apart, apartment where yeah. like, you know, it's the, the guy that lives on the same floor as me just has like uh like, like a one bedroom upstairs. There's like two, two bedroom ones, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So they just yeah. split it up like, okay. Yep. That's cool, man. So it's kind of creepy though, when you're driving through there and there's like a sign that's like, if, if they're like, call this number, if you're worried that water has been contaminated. Oh yeah, dude. <laughs> and you always hear the bombs over there and stuff getting tested. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm not overly, I don't know, you know, we're going to die one way or another anyhow, yes. but I mean, living pretty close to, APG and all that. If shit hits the fan, I imagine that would be a pretty good target to just blow up. Yeah. Plus, we're not far from DC. Yeah, dude. It's yeah. It's not good. We're between New yeah. York and DC, <laughs> and then I'm literally as close as you can get to a power plant. I'm already getting radiation of some sort. I'm oh, sure. Oh, that's right. Peach Bottom. That's Peach that's- Bottom. Well, what's at APG? That's not. Oh yeah, Peach Bottom's not right near me. That's that's for far away or not that far away, but relatively close. Yeah, I think if there, I think you can hear the warning sirens in Havity Goose. Yeah, <laughs> I used to live even closer to Peach Bottom, but there's got to be something radioactive or something not good at APG, right? Or is it just military mm. bullshit? I mean, there's got to be like, there's like all kinds of weird. My my buddy, he um he does uh he does like kind of like the cleanup for when they do testing, and dude, there's all kinds of like stuff. He doesn't tell me too much because it's classified, but. The stuff he does tell me that he can, it just sounds like a wild job. And they're always testing bombs and missiles and on tanks and crap. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, it's kind of funny. So, you know, you're my, you're my main yoga friend. Well, you've been, a, how long have you been a yoga instructor? Um, uh, I've been an instructor for, dude, this year in May will be 12 or 10 years. You know, what's crazy is that like at my studio, I don't know if there's anybody that has been doing it that long. And I go to the biggest studio in Bel Air. Now I know that there are people who have more tenure in the area, but it mm-hmm. is like the, uh, the biggest, probably largest studio. I imagine it has the most members in a pretty oh, decent definitely, race definitely. radius. Definitely. And, and but they, they, that's like a, um i think one teacher there jenny barrett she's she's really um she's pretty seasoned like she, is she um, the restorative i'm not sure because i haven't been there in a while but i know that she um i think she's plays a role in the trainings that they do i think or like okay. a lot of the workshops and stuff like that maybe maybe i've taken her, her class before i don't know but it's Probably. been pretty funny man because we were doing a little bit i did my first ever 
real, I say real yoga. When I was younger, I did yoga lattes and, uh, well, it's actually kind of ironic. My first real yoga class, because as you might agree, the, I had already been doing what would be yoga and that class is kind of like where you go, you learn the moves of yoga. You kind of learn it to then use it on your own would be the idea, I guess, right? At least in That's like a Kundalini, yeah. at least in like a, like where I kind of gravitate towards like the, the Kundalini maybe ideology and all that. It is kind of like that where you see the classes learning the moves, maybe like learning the scales, but now you have to play music, right? So exactly. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Yeah. That's a great way to put it. So I, I had been playing music, yoga music without really learning the scales, just kind of from a distance, paying attention to some of the fundamentals, mm -hmm. kind of how I've taken on music. You know, you learn a little bit of fundamentals and then you take it and run with it to the best of your ability conceptually. And I try to apply that with classes, but I'd say since Man, I don't know. So it's it's almost a year since I first went to the studio I'm at, Yoga Centric. And okay. sometime by early summer, I, I joined. And that's when I started going, like, you know, I, I would take a, a class probably two-thirds of, like, 66% of a day so or of, of a week, so to speak. Um, I, I always look back every so often in my history. I can see my last two months Usually it's anywhere from like 42 to like 50 classes, right? In like a two-month period. I did That's have a two-month period where I made it to a class per day, but I'm, I haven't been doing it quite like that lately. Um, Dude, how did you feel during those two months? Well, I wasn't really doing a whole lot of lifting and that, okay. that uh, and, and, you know, it really wasn't too, too much because I had kind of got my body used to it. And uh, mm -hmm. maybe there were times going in where I was like, maybe this isn't the best idea to do this. Maybe I should rest, but it never seemed to bother me afterwards. I always left mm -hmm. feeling like I should have done that. Like I rarely yeah. take a class and I'm like, Oh, maybe that was too much. Yeah. Yeah. You know, as I've done, I've stacked some classes in a row and sometimes you think, man, maybe this is going to be a bit too intense. Maybe I'm going to, feel this tomorrow be drained for my jujitsu training, but it just seems to kind of blend and normalize the way mm -hmm. I feel from normal day-to-day -day life. So if I have any sort of acute, like specific soreness or, or something nagging me or, or whatever, it definitely smooths it out. Yeah. I, I mean, and especially the approach of you know, you're, you're, you're not doing something to the peak of your ability, you know, I mean, not, not necessarily, I mean, I guess peak of ability in a posture, yes, but, me, but not necessarily at the peak of your physical prowess, dude, because you're like, you, you know, you've done strength and conditioning, you, you do jujitsu, you do MMA fighting, like you have all that, like, you, you can push, you're an athlete, dude, you're the psychedelic athlete, so it's <laughs> like, you know, like, so, but, but yoga, I feel like, it takes us if you if we approach it and 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 I think this is where like you know um like I don't want to say a quality teacher because I think that like everybody can offer something but someone that's gonna pace it in a way that allows you to explore but kind of push you to your edge but you can go if you want you don't have to and and then you can like it's it's almost like like yeah like you said like it's like a steam you're like steamrolling your you're like being 
I yeah. guess is how I put it. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 fascinating because you could be attracted. Let's just say you're doing something um, that has some sort of specific acute nature of it. You could be attracted to the idea of really working your abs or your engaging in your, your glutes in a movement, or you could try to go to that posture and spread the sensation out. So you don't feel anything acute. I wouldn't say either one is necessarily wrong because once you start defining it, it becomes the micro and, and generally yoga is the, the ultimate macro. I would yeah, guess. Transcendent. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And that's what gets funny is when people start defining it, like what is and what isn't. I think when, I don't know, like that, what, when people ask you like how to describe yoga and maybe they start off, they're like, is it like stretching? Is it like meditation? Is it like breath? Do you, is there any easy definition that you just give somebody? No, man. And I, I, I think, I think um, every, every major like long-term training I've been to, when 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 the teacher asks us that very question like take some time and let's journal about it and then we'll discuss what is yoga i think i think um i think it's easier to, to describe yoga and like the sages and a lot of the old texts describe yoga by what it's not rather than what it is and yeah. and i think that that's like you know it, it, it's interesting it's like like not that not that not that because of that transcendent even if it incorporates that in it it's, it's just not, not that. specifically that. Yes, exactly. Um, and and you know, I'm in a I'm in a 300 hour training now, and there is very little like focus on. I mean, there's obviously there's focus on anatomy, posture, but most of the focus is on mindset and um, uh, working, doing a lot of self inquiry and journaling, and um, just really getting into the subtle body, getting into energetics, and like how to sense energetic movement in your body how to sense um like weight distribution in your body better how to like how to work with um like postures to focus on proprioception so it's it's like way more um internal uh than maybe a 200 hour at a typical school would be like or even a 300 hour at a typical school is is you know going to be mostly like advanced in most trainings is going to be like, can you, you know, headstands, crow pose, but this training is, is it includes that, but it's way more focused on mindset. Yeah. And, and that's the thing that, that I think everybody is improving over time because some people can come in with a gymnastics background, hypermobility, good strength to body weight ratio and they can do the movements but have they taken their practice as far as somebody that can't do that posture for whatever reason but is really wrapped their mind around what it is that they're doing which one knows yoga better you know yeah yeah um the and the the tradition would would say like uh like i mean well there's so many books that talk about it from different times but one of the main ones that's like the first like systemization of yoga, it's the yoga sutras of Patanjali. And that, that outlines what in most yoga that we practice now uh, kind of goes along with it's the, the eight limbs of yoga. And the first two points of practice aren't posture at all. It's, it's all like um, ethics, like personal, like ethical practices. And then like practices that help to purify the body practices that purify the mind and the heart. So mm -hmm. it's, it's, 
it's very different and it doesn't mention posture at all that those the postures themselves came out um uh you know there was like what the hatha yoga pradipika has like i think 54 po main postures or something like that and it didn't really evolve until the 1800s into what we do now and, it, and it's a mixture of like swedish gymnastics indian wrestling and then the traditional postures right and that's what, as a matter of fact, I had Jake Shannon, a guy on the podcast who was into catch wrestling, and he mentioned how the, the, the yoga that a lot of people practice currently is in that, that quicker pace, uh, vinyasa sort of flow, whatever, is a very wrestling, it was like the strength, it's a modern version of the strength training or a preparedness to actually wrestle and grapple, which is kind of funny, you know, both of us, uh, do, do jujitsu. You just started coming back to, to jujitsu. And that's where we've spent a lot of our time together. Although we are connected years and years before that through music scene, mutual. Yeah. Like kind friends. of like lily pad kind of hangouts over the years. Yeah, for sure. But um, it is funny, the, the origins and, and me having the strength training background, I have taken the approach of, I, I showed you that guy, James Fuller, strongman yeah. archaeology and that a lot of awesome. what he does is rooted in wrestling history a lot of the lifting that he does is actually originated because you know what inspired somebody to lift more weight it would either be to be better at working right mm -hmm. like like a blue collar sort of thing sure. maybe uh Really, the only other thing would be to, to prepare themselves for some sort of like a martial art of, of sorts, grappling to, to be a better, stronger fighter. And a lot of them heralded strength training almost like the way you would look at a martial art. And they would just get this heavy implement and experiment with ways to lift it. And by the turn of the century, by like 1900, that sort of thing, they started having these lifts that were a little bit more generally widely accepted, but it wasn't until closer to like 1960 that we decided that we were going to do these specific barbell competitive lifts. And these were going to be what you did in a weightlifting competition, a powerlifting competition, etc. So before that, you have the, the origin of you know, a, a certain guy who decided to lift a weight this way and it was popularized by him. But even like the bench press, which was originally a pullover and press uh, was was a wrestling thing and a get up like, a, you know, a, a get up has some oh, origin. Oh, in, I did, so in when wrestling. you say pullover, you mean like from like. Pulling yes. And then, wow. Well, oh, dude. Yeah. And neck bridging, too. So like like James is big into doing the neck bridge pullover and press and he actually wow. does it from a reclined hero position i've seen dude i watched him yeah dude, that is wild mobility man like and, and strength strength. yeah yeah i mean so like like but his ability to like go into the depth of that position is wild dude you gotta watch the bent press have you seen the bent press where you like take the, it's the one where you like look at the weight and do like a forward siding twisting fold. Oh yeah. Like the windmill. Yeah. But it's yeah, like yeah. with a, with a one-arm barbell. Oh yeah. I watched him and, do that one, dude. <laughs> and you don't put your hand on the ground. You're not doing like that. You're like just twisting under it and looking up at it. And that is crazy. It is crazy. 
That puts yeah. so much, I mean, to maintain the stability of your abdominals alone, to, to brace that, like, that's crazy. I know. It, it combines the idea of motion and stability, right? Like, instead of this, like, ability to brace against planes, you're, you're you know, because if you're doing a traditional a deadlift or a press, there are parts of your body that you're stabilizing to the point where it's almost like a plank, right? There's literally no movement. But I mean, a movement that you're twisting and, and doing all that, it's kind of has this, it's breaking all of the barriers of planes of, of mm -hmm. motion. So you're not, but it requires stability. And that's pretty, that's very fundamental in day-to-day -day athleticism would be the fact that a lot of things like a sport like grappling would require you to be both have strong stability, but also have movement in any direction. Yeah. You know, yeah. but, and, and, you know, yoga can inspire you to do that when you're being strong through a flow and channeling strength, but it also has somewhat of a passive nature. And it is like two sides of the same coin there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then, and then it's like, you know, the, the sub, the subreddit is like, like you know like yin versus something more like like active yeah and, and you look at like like there's no um there's no necessarily like uh i'm trying to gain more in in not the focus on gaining more in yoga but if you look at like the like just for to to use as an example the ashtanga system the the first primary series is really freaking challenging it but if you get into the secondary series, the 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 um what tertiary series and and all that, like the those um uh those postures, I mean, dude, the majority of the time you're in a headstand, and then as you come down from headstand, you're in twisted arm balances, and then back up into headstand, and then twist the arm balance the other way, and then back into headstand, and then shoot your legs through underneath of you to a seated position, and that like it. So it gets like what you were saying with like, you know, maintaining stability on one plane, but allowing movement on another, you know, what, what we practice in most yoga studios, because, you know, the people that, that are able to do the, the secondary and tertiary series are like, I mean, have been practicing and studying yoga maybe for 30 plus 40 plus years and in a very specific system. But man, like what we practice mostly, it's like, we don't like how many times have you gone to a class and, and done anything like that? Like a headstand to like one side, you know what I mean? Never. They might have yeah, like dude. a specialty, like sort of, we're going to do a head, headstand thing and all yeah. that. And there's this, there are, there's a signature two thing, which is a little bit more advanced and there are some advanced, but no, I mean, it's just hard to expect the average person. It would have to be very acute oh. it have to be very like small like hey on this day at this time only mm -hmm. super advanced people are going to want to show up because this is some insane shit yeah and, i don't and think it, many people also, could do that it, diet is a big thing for that because you, you know if you have like major muscle mass some of the postures just because like for me there's postures where you're in a full lotus position where your legs are crossed and your arms are through the the crease between your calf and your thigh and you're balancing on your arms. And like, I can't even do that because my calves and thighs are freaking like, like, like my, my mama got me the, the thick five safe lives, man. Yeah. <laughs> but, 
but uh but i can't even access that because of like the diet that i have like people that that are able to do that either naturally have like a, a yoga body where it's like very a very like you know like a, a more wiry frame less less like weight on their body you know probably eating like a vegan diet probably eating you know what i mean so it's like there it's it, it at that level it's like someone who's totally committed and dedicated to be able to get, even get anywhere near that level yeah. like their whole lifestyle is that that's insane i mean i uh you know me man i, I look at the highest level of anything and i want to be able to do it um, <laughs> yeah 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 i can't <laughs> help but like compare it's not even about it's just like well, that's possible. I want to just kind of walk that line, at least be a jack of that trade, yeah, so to speak. But the hand balances, I mean, that's a whole nother ball game. And, and it requires some interesting alignment overhead uh -huh. and yep. positioning. And like you said, it, I think it's hard when you have muscle that you can use to get there because you can be imbalanced and still kind of get there. It just wears the shit out of you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's such an obscure way to, to move to, into the position, like for certain things, like if you just approach the position, like not in a flow, it's a little more accessible. Like you can set up your, your, but if you're in a sequence and you're moving from like, let's say a handstand into like one leg resting on your elbow and one leg sh shot back behind you, like it, I mean, you can do it, but, but it's like, there's a range of motion that we don't normally strengthen through. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's like, like that it, upside down and like, then you're not even on your feet. Like it's like, you know, like planche training that, that when I see that kind of stuff, I'm just like, that is, it's just, I mean, it's impressive to me to see someone do it. I know that anyone can like walk towards it, but man, the people who've put in the time, it's just like, you know, like human flagging and all that. It's just range of motion and strength that I, I don't have access to right now. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, you know, for me, man, when I think of like a very pure form of yoga, I just think of the idea of balancing myself, my life, the way I, I am as the yin to the yang of whatever I, I am to that I, I can explore, but, but specifically the idea of I've been playing with the idea of trying to become still to the point where movement wants to come out of me that I don't decide the yoga I'm going to do. I get somewhere, some way, some position. And then when I am inspired to shift myself and then it just starts unraveling. Right. And that's the practice I learned through psychedelics. That's I mean, the that yoga that started coming out of me on psychedelics would be whatever position I was on in, I did a little DMT. And then the next thing I know, it was like this unwinding, this reverse engineering, this like stacking of like alignment that you, if, if you would have told me that my vertebrae were doing 360 degree flips. And like, if I was hooked up to an x-ray, they'd be like, what the fuck? That's the way it feels when I do it. And it usually just kind of works its way up 
feels like you got these diagonal lines in your self and things are just like shifting and falling into place. And then thoughts are just coming to you like memories, things you don't even know that are inside of you. And it's like stripping yourself from yourself to be this empty vessel and you can never pan back far enough. It's like this. I think people think that they're going to reach this state where they're, they are empty and nothing, but you can take it further and further. And it spans back further than yourself. It's like this endless, at least in my practice, Mm -hmm. when I was doing that regularly, I haven't really, you know, I've been pretty much a sober person uh, for a while enough time where I haven't done that as much. And I try to channel it. Sometimes it's not the same without the, you know, the DMT. Well, I, mean, I mean, yeah, dude, that's, <laughs> that's uh, I mean, uh, <laughs> you're, not, you're not being guided by like weird beings that are like, coaxing <laughs> you. they're like, yep, yep. Nope. Turn this way. Go here. And you're like, all right. <laughs> but, but you know, the, but the yoga tradition would say that you are like, we might not be able to be on the frequency with, with as you, you know like the dmt is like a like the radio dial that get you on that frequency i think but i i mean like i believe that like that stuff is happening all around us all the time and in meditation you have little tiny like tastes of it but dmt is like uh you know it's like it's like plugging it's like plugging the cord in yeah You're just connor, like other, one second connor no other way other way god damn he just oh. walked by all these wires and I just got nervous. Dude, good, good. That dog saved my life when I did DMT. Oh. At your house. oh, he is he is very in tune with that kind of stuff. He knows what's going on. Yeah, yes, talk about that. Oh, yeah. So uh, <laughs> I, the last time I was at your house and we were, you know, in the basement and my old place. I, I remember your dog, your dog visibly got like I was in and out of whatever I was experiencing. What I what I do remember was this black dragon coiling its way towards me and going into my chest. And then a white dragon is coiling around and like, kind of like, like a yin yang kind of thing. Yeah. And then when that happened, your dog is like, um, your dog was like whimpering and like kind of going down. And then he started to kind of growl. And then I just felt the. I was like, I cannot, I don't know what is happening right now. (laughs) And I had to go out back in your yard and then your dog came out with me and I was like, it was sunny and like, and I was just running around with him. And it was just this beautiful <laughs> moment of like, I was just, oh, dude, it was, that was a, your dog saved my life that day. <laughs> He's a trooper, man. There's been a few times where he, uh, he knows something's different. He really can sense and he knows when there's a shift, he won't get into your space. And then all of a sudden there will be a monumental internal shift. Physically, nothing changes about you sometimes. And he knows he like darts over and he'll watch you from the far side of the room. And like, he makes sure he gets a little wondering what the fuck is up. He knows something's (laughs) different. You know, he's like kind of watching you die or something, I guess, or just he senses something is different about you. Who knows what they experience and what, they're sensing, you know, right? Like we, I we can can't only imagine. imagine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, oh, hold on one sec, dude. You're good. Let the dog out. Um, you know, uh, back to what you were saying about, uh, you know, like getting into postures when you're, we're in that state where you're being still. Um, that's that, that there is a Buddhist meditation practice where you start your day in bed. 
and you literally do not move. It's a, it's not like a seated meditation. It's like you lay in bed until the urge to, you know, urinate or whatever happens. And then that's on, that's the time you go to the bathroom and then you don't leave the bathroom until the urge or something other feeling comes up to go do something else. And you can do this whole like thing, dude, it, it, it's, uh, it's really interesting that you're saying that like getting so still to become till movement comes out of you. And I'm wondering when you're in that place, do you feel, or have you felt, um, like almost like a, a softness wash over you when yeah. you're, when you're stretching like that? You know what it makes me think of? It makes me think of this. It makes me think that everything I, I do, I put too much into. And there's a level in which I could like hit the button less to the point where I don't even feel like I'm hitting the button. You, you do it in jujitsu now because yeah. when I rolled with you today, it was like, like it was like Tai Chi rolling at some points in the roll. Like, and yeah. I, I was, I was doing too much. Yeah. And then you're, you were receptive and I was the one giving the like pushing here and you just moved and shifted with me. And there was a couple of times where I was like, I can't believe I'm in this more like this, like more like dominant position, but I wasn't at all. Cause as soon as I got comfortable there, you felt the weight of that. And then you shifted under me and I was like, what the fuck? Like, and then, and then it was done. <laughs> yeah. I, well, I channel that. I mean, I do more yoga drilling and more yoga movement, more yoga than I do jujitsu drilling, you know? And I think about the concepts of that. I think about the idea of being, you know, that be water, all that sort of thing, efficiency mm -hmm. of movement, action through non-action. Um, mm -hmm. I, I think about giving way to the nature of something to then create this non-sturdy object, this ever-changing constantly. If you try to move me, I'm not giving you a consistent angle. It's like you can push against a wall and you can lean against it, but if the wall is made of water, you know, yeah, it's going to give. It's it, you know, you can allow it to give when you need it to. Now, if you smash me flat against the ground, I can't do that, right? You know. Oh, okay. I see. What so you're saying. yeah, because there's. I yeah. need to, but as you reposition, as you move to the next position, as you lift me to submit me, whatever, then I can try. That's my game, and it's how I do what I do. Dude, that's become my way of life. It's how I landscape. It's how I do anything. I try to not, I always preach good technique feels like nothing. Amen, dude. Yeah. Not even, <laughs> not even good technique in jujitsu, good technique in music, good technique yeah. in singing. No, good technique feels like nothing. And, and you're the, not, you're not giving anything. You're not like, there's nothing that's being, what does it say? You're, um, you're you're pouring from a cup back into yourself because you're you're not like because I, I I think about this in relationships a lot and like the idea of like if I'm trying to force something in a relationship or I'm trying to resist a situation like let's say my girl's having like a crazy day and she's all emotional and I'm I'm not in that space and I'm like Jesus Christ like but but to 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 apply technique you know, that, I, you know, over the years, I've done a lot of like, you know, through psychology in school and through um, stuff with yoga of relationships and just lots of books I've read and just my own thinking and meditating on it. 
just applying like specific like you know instead of being like uh let's see like um instead of being like jesus christ i can't deal with this or you know what's wrong let's fix it it's like you know it's like allowing yourself to settle in and and like you said be still enough until the conversation turns into something that right. is like um that that lets the release on its own you don't even right. have to like you don't even have to do anything well i i think a lot like this in the beginning think about this with lifting okay if mm-hmm. you're going to do a back squat and you have a weak back a beginner might feel it in their back tremendously especially if they have a long femur if they don't if they don't have a very upright torso you're going to feel a squat in your back and you you might feel it in the hamstring stretching a little bit the the hip, whatever right but as you develop a strength for that movement and a balance of strength and a good positioning do you want to continue to try and lift it entirely with your back or would you want it to what you would want it to feel balanced so if Spread out yeah and you become one with the weight and it becomes centered because mm-hmm. anything that's not centered is like you know framing a house with a post that's to the side sure. and it's under stress so yeah, the angles need to create a center between the 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 you become one with a weight right mm-hmm. which is beautiful because we are not designed to be individual we are designed to be a partner we are designed to be a couple a yin and a yang we are one mm-hmm. part and we are everything requires a counterpart or we are literally nothing i'm not just me i am me in this room when i'm alone in this room yeah, I'm not yeah. just me. I'm me and this dog when I'm, there's no way to be just you. Okay. And, mm-hmm. and I mean, you can go internal, you can close your eyes, you can do all sorts of stuff, but, but unless you're, it's really, really fucking tough. Now, when you try to become one and synergize with that weight and you become one with gravity and you become one with the ground, your base, no matter what the angles are, once you're out of the beginner intermediate stages and you've woke up all of these weak areas, areas you're avoiding, angles you need to adjust, a masterful person doesn't say that they feel it specifically in their glutes or a masterful plank isn't felt just in the abs, but to a beginner, you might yeah, yeah. say, Hey, you need more ab tension. You need to turn right. this on. You need or to you're turn not that sta- off. You're not pressing and stabilizing through your shoulders or, you know, yeah, dude. Right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But once you've done that, it eventually reaches a point where doing that is not masterful and it's actually going to be counterproductive. What happens once you develop that core, that, that front plane core uh, suction and, and, and strength and stability, well, then eventually you're going to need to figure out your shoulder positioning, your, your glutes, your thighs, your, the way your ankle stacks over top of your toes and your feet. And everything feels like something until it's balanced. And then you learn how to operate as one giant thing that is in synergy to whatever it is operating with. Right. And, and uh, you know, one of the lessons I've learned from DMT 
is that that is the design of existence is to synergize and it's to be a partnership. And, and it is that Taoist sort of perspective. And, and I lift with that perspective. I don't hear many people describe weightlifting like that, but, but, but you only squeeze your glutes when you need to in a squat. And I believe you only tuck your elbows in a downward dog or a plank. If you need to turn them back for whatever reason to wake up this shoulder position or, or whatever the hell you're trying to do there, there's an, ends to that mean right right yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, and dude, yeah. I, that's I, tough I, oh, to sorry, teach in a class no that's tough tough to teach in a class it is tough to teach in a group class uh, individuals i think that's where i love a lot of the work i'm doing now is with individuals and with very small groups um the class that i teach now is only eight people uh, nine people max and i have plenty of time to go around to each person and and you know you're you're like you said, I'm not like saying, hey, we're in warrior two. Like, do you like, you know, like do this? It's like, no, like find the shape. Now relax into the shape and go inward. Cause you, if you're not going inward, you're there's, it's not yoga. Like you're not, you're not like, like, like we're talking about in the role. If you're not being, if you're not internal sensing your opponent's movement, like, and you're just focused on the external opponent, then you're, you're missing like the whole other half of the thing you're missing what you're saying, like that partnership, that, that, that union yoga union with right. something. And, um, I think that, uh, uh, that's, that's, you know, you know, all the way back to where we started with like, you know, teachers that have been teaching for one year versus like, you know, 10, 20, 30 years. I think the difference is that it, like you said, you get to a point where it, it has to go into some, a new direction. And, and, you know, and, you know, the eight limbs that I was talking about before, it's, you know, we start with ethics, then asana, and then asana, once you're in a posture, you're all now, if you feel comfortable, well, now you can focus on your breath. And then if you're, you can focus on your breath and you start to get very comfortable and you're, you're expanding, not only upward, but outward, you're feeling your breath down into your pelvis. You're, I mean, shoot, sometimes you can even feel the weight of your breath down into the soles of your feet. And I think, I think the, the, the sensual experience of breath could go almost endless, but then if you could go that way, but then, you know, eventually if you do, that then comes the inward drawing prachahara. And, and it's just like this, I, I think it's, I think the eight limbs isn't like a, okay, we have to do asana first and pranayama and then this. It's all like synergistic, but it's, it's, it's showing you kind of like the, hey guys, like you're doing this thing and, and this is like, this is the pathway of experience and 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 you know you're gonna you're gonna focus on something physical first but that that physical that physicality you're gonna realize is like just another shell around like energy breath and then you're gonna find that that's just another shell of this deeper inner experience and and then at the peak of this eight limbs is samadhi and that is complete union with the thing like one with the weight like you said yeah yeah man i mean and i i think uh when I look at breath, I, uh, I take my, my, uh, mom through breath work stuff over the phone a few, mm -hmm. a few times a That's week awesome. and just give her some ideas of things that I know and just 
things I've practiced. And it, the ultimate thing comes back to that. There's no wrong way you're experimenting, you're opening up things, but ultimately I think the most important skill would be how not to add too much exhale to your exhale and too much inhale to your inhale. And you actually can do that by what? Adding exhale to your inhale, inhale to your exhale to where it doesn't even feel like two different operations. It's just happening. And that can strip a lot of imbalances and it's kind of confusing, but I describe it like this. If, if you're going to do belly breathing and you start bringing all of these muscles in with your breath, you're telling your body and you think that that's right. You think nose breathing through the belly is the way and there's no other way. Anything that's even remotely close to your diaphragm, which is not even a muscle that you're supposed to have such voluntary control over, you actually activate it by like panting and, and, and coughing and doing things like that, not by flexing muscles in your belly. So if you start doing this thing, you're telling yourself that your transverse abdominis needs to be involved in breathing. You're telling yourself that mm. pelvic floor muscles need to be involved with breathing, that I shouldn't open up in my rib cage and up by the collarbone, that I shouldn't flow through my nose or I shouldn't allow the airway of my mouth and nose to be connected, that when I'm breathing through my nose, it's okay to feel breath through the mouth. It's okay to breathe through the mouth and feel air through the nose, whatever, anyway. But anyway, I think that people get caught up of like, breathe all your air out. So what do they do at the end of every exhale? They continue pushing to give this false sense of I'm continuing to exhale. I'm and maybe there is some air that's still seeping out, but they're just drawing. And it, now at the end of every fucking exhale, they're forcing. <laughs> and at the end of every inhale, they're in engaging all these and they are in chronic tension. They're in chronic imbalances. Mm -hmm involuntary, you know, voluntary muscles become chronically involved in shit that shouldn't be working all the time. And, well, and, the, and the thing that you're saying is, is that those things are going to the natural process aligning with the natural process. And you can't do that if you're applying like, okay, like when my arm's up, I have to externally rotate my arm and then reach up. And it's like, dude, raise your arm up. And then allow, allow the weight of the arm to settle in and, and, and just, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, yeah. like they're, they're doing it with the breath. But again, I think it's, I think it's just, it's just like everything. Like, you know, you've been doing something for a small, a short amount of time versus a long amount of time. You've been doing something where, you know, like, 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 to, like, like the role, like, it's like, you know, I, this is the first time I'm back rolling in like a year and a half, almost two years. And like, dude, I'm like, there's stuff that I don't even remember. And I'm just trying to force stuff and trying to like, I'm like, fuck. And I'm like forcing everything, but I'm getting, I'm getting completely taxed. My I'm getting anxious when I'm breathing. And it's like, I, I am, I'm excited, but I know the process is just, I have to go through the experience of just allowing, allowing. And, yeah. and, you know, and uh, uh, I think that with, with the younger the, the more, the, like the less seasoned teacher, the more seasoned teacher, the less seasoned teacher is going to, is going to read the manual and they're going to have, okay, this is what you do when you breathe. And this is, you know, these things are happening and they're, they're, they're telling people what to do and people want to be told what to do generally, yeah. you know, if you're coming to a class, you feel like you need to be told what to do. But if you, if you think, I mean, imagine what the hell did the first Yogi do, dude? 
what the hell did the first weightlifter do? They had to experiment. They had to, it was a desire of something that came up inside, an expression of something inside that came out of them. And then it was codified, right? Like then it, then it became a system. And, and I think that like the more that we can, but, but I'm not saying the system's not important. The system's important, but I think that there needs to be a balance just like in Kung Fu, there's like hard Kung Fu. And then there's like Tai Chi and internal Kung Fu. And there needs to be a balance where, where we're, we're still exploring. We're still listening to the body. And then we're taking those findings and applying them to the system. Right. Or, 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 or systematizing it so that we can share it a little bit more easily, but still encourage the exploration, encourage like, you know, Hey, you need to, you need to listen to these things and watch them arise so that you get into that witnessing mindset. You know, you're, you're, you're almost watching your experience happen. And rather than doing yoga, you're being like, you're being done by yoga. Like, like, you know what I mean? Right. No, that I, I think that that definitely is it. And you're right. Like in the beginning, why would somebody be inspired to do this stuff uh, to fix themselves, to better be able to do these things that they're no longer able to do, or something has hindered them to have a better sensation of feeling and, and understanding. And, and just, it is, it's like a, it's a goal to fix. It's a goal to, I mean, it doesn't have to be right. But, but I think that why would somebody initially be inspired to do it? I mean, I would think that it would be up there to everybody would have this desire to, a, to make adjustments that seem positive. And yeah, man. Uh, I mean, it's the concept of higher self, like, like the, you know, the old, like the oldest yoga literature is always depicted as like a conversation between like God or like the divine and like, like some person. And it's, and often it's in the Tantra texts, it talks about, um, the beloved and the beloved is like, like, it's like, God is like, like my, you're my beloved, don't worry. And it's like, if you ever read like a roomie, roomie's all about the beloved and like this conversation, but it's a conversation of like two between two lovers. And, and this is like what I think, you know, kind of, it falls in line with what you were saying. This is, a, we're, we are meant to be partners. We are meant to be like two sides duality like to be just self is it's it's empty it, there's it's missing something right. and this idea of higher self well when you're in relationship with that i think that you know it's like that i think honestly like that that might be one of like the 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 deepest relationships you can have is is whatever you're doing, whatever sport you're doing, whatever, you know, intellectual pursuit you're doing relationship, whatever is to, to constantly be in communication and dialogue and, and, and uh, with that higher self and that higher self is just potential, endless potential. Yeah. Like it's, it, it's transcendent. And, and, you know, like, I mean, I know, you know, from DMT, it's like, dude, like, I mean, dude, when I first met you, the freak, I remember when I came in, I, when I, when I first like started hanging with you at jujitsu, like I, uh, I remember you invited me over and I went in your basement and I was like, dude, do you know who that elephant dude is on the wall? Like, and you're like, yeah, dude, I talk to him all the time when I'm on DMT. <laughs> and I was like, that's freaking Ganesha, dude. And it's like, you know what I mean? And it's like, it's like, you know, that it's like, 
there's that but then you've also told me stories of like so many other different figures and and maybe not something that you're actually like seeing but something that's like like a almost like a intuitive or insight being like kind of downloaded to oh yeah dude the last time i did it it was all about my tongue it really? was like it was like why do you think i show you my tongue so much this shit was like ah, you know i'm like i don't know and they're like i always pop my eyes out and it's like not telling me but it's telling me and uh so what did it, this one look like i'm interested it, it just was this shape-shifting ever-shifting sort of thing but it would wow. have like a face and it would make me sort of mirror it. So I would see this tongue and it was trying to make me not let my tongue be as wide and stack it from the tip of my tongue back to create this center line of like balance and to treat my tongue like it had a spine on the inside of it. And it was teaching mm -hmm. me that this tip of this tongue could control and affect everything else in it. That it was this endpoint that didn't need to connect to anything that wasn't affected by really even like gravity. It was this like way that you could control your body. And it was all these epiphanies like, oh my God, it's this super soft, pliable tissue that can move in so many different directions. And it affects and is affected by fucking everything. And like, it was making me think of all these weird things I've ever heard about the tongue. Like what a weird fact it is that 50% of people talk about a weird law of balance. 50% of people don't put the tongue in the right spot of their mouth. Right. What? Okay. There's a, a correct way to have tongue posture. Apparently now who knows if we're right about it, but we tongue think it should posture. go up on wow. the soft palate. And then the tongue root creates a chain. If your tongue root is tight, it creates a whole line of just tension all the way down to the transverse abdominis, psoas issues. And, and it, it is affected by emotions, by state of being, by just like body language. Like this is the other thing. It, it constantly tells me that like body language is not something that you show, it's who you are. And that it is like two sides of the same coin, that there's a tell that even the best poker players can't avoid expressing what is happening. And the best read could read through a good skilled poker player who's trying not to express anything, right? So like, you are, it's an expression of yourself and it's the truest thing. I know I'm getting off on a tangent. I'll bring it back to, no, the, dude, this is to, to the tongue. I'm, I've never but heard of this. It gets to the point where for a while it was all about hands and like telling me that like expressing in your hands different ways is a reflection of your everything. And you can control your whole body, yourself, who you are, the entire world exists in your hands that this the ability to be aware, to channel energy, the tip of this chain and how it connects to the spine, through the spine, across into whatever exists all the way to the tip of your toes. Now your feet have to be a certain way. They're on the ground. We don't have all the, mm -hmm. the nerve endings. Now, now I'm implementing some shit that I know. That's not exactly what I was told, but it's a synergy for sure, for sure. because I've read this stuff. It like refines my memories. That's what DMT does. I will have memories of hearing a podcast or hearing somebody say something. It'll remind it, but it'll remind me of it. But then it'll like run a fine tooth comb over it. Like, okay. no, nah, it's actually like this. It's actually like that. Yeah. And, and, and if you hear things about hands and hand postures and 
you know, tell you shit about the ring finger. Next thing you know, my, my left ring finger is doing shit and I'm thinking about women I've been with. And I don't even know this correlation. And then it's like, why do you think we put wedding rings on your ring finger, dummy? Like there's a reason behind everything. And it like tells me that there's a reason that when somebody has the um, emotional prowess of being a tight ass, that they mm-hmm. have a physical tight ass. That when somebody has a loose ass, oh, that they no, have dude, a physical. That is a, that's a real, that's a, that's in psychology too, dude. Why that's would they? Whole, that's a real thing. Well, yeah. I never knew that. Dude, but... Every time we talk about this stuff, this is always where we get to. You're, yeah. you're, you're describing this stuff to me and, and it's through an experiential lens. And it's like, dude, like it's like the the soft palate, like that's literally like in meditation, like that, that's, that's talked about like as yeah. a requirement for certain stuff. And I mean, you know, you know, mudras, I know you do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like, dude, anything's like, a mudra. That's what gets really yep. crazy, but it's just yes. your proprioceptive awareness of making it the specific shape and balance and feeling and sensation, whether it's energy, whether it's relaxation, that's mm-hmm. the part that makes it so effective, but there's different effects on everything. And, and then this is the synergy of it. If you know the reason behind why you're doing it, you can unlock that potential. Yes. Right. Well, and, and yeah, dude, and that's, that's the important part of the teacher, right? Like, like this would be your teacher, this voice, right. That's like kind of guiding you. And then now you have this awareness. So now when you teach people, like it's that voice coming through you. And I think that is, you know, in, in the yoga tradition, the guru, the, the expeller of darkness, right. That's what that word means. And it's like, obviously as we see in our culture that 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 role has been tainted hardcore but i think ultimately i think that first yogi man like and i mean in the yoga tradition there is talk there is you know there there is talking about ganja there's talked about you know all this stuff is talked about being utilized ram das gave his teacher lsd and his teacher was like this is medicine after he took it and like yeah. sat under a blanket for like hours and he got came out and he was like this is medicine yeah and like so i think that that if we if we're looking at it as that the me- it's medicine to help us get in touch with that teacher that that inner guru like yeah. the voice in, in our center our heart and and i think that uh dude i i mean to the, but how do we teach that it's that's a really hard thing to teach to someone without having the visceral experience of something like DMT or, you know what I mean? Because, or, or some altered state, because I've had experiences with holotropic breath work that are similar to stuff I've had while tripping. Um, and that's straight breath work, but you're also hyperventilating yourself and getting, I mean, for three hours, you're breathing like this, like, uh-huh. And dude, I mean, you lose control of your body. You just start moving. And, and that's what you know, I'm taught. That is what the, yeah. I've done it through breath work. Yeah. 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 You dude. know what and else it, makes you do it? Nitrous. What? Really? I, I'm not suggesting it, but I know it. No, does fuck it. no. I'm not doing that, dude. No way. I remember <laughs> being a kid. My, my best friend, Anthony, he, he, he got me in trouble as a kid because I used to huff shoe cleaner under my bed when I was like 13 and I I was like grounded for a whole summer. But to what you're saying, I remember laying under my bed and I would always see this penguin and it would be ice skating and it would say birdlings underneath. And it would just come, come around. I don't know what it meant, but it was just like there, there is, there was a a measure of like a psychedelic experience from huffing. 
Yeah. I don't know what the hell that was. Because it's a dis (laughs) because it dissociates you from self. So you're left with Mm. something otherworldly. That's what dissociatives do. I mean, DMT in a way is a dissociative, but it's synergized with a teacher, with a guide. And that's what separates DMT to the average person. They're going to have trouble applying psychedelic application to a non-guided drug like the the cacti with with mescaline uh have with them what mushrooms have with them what lsd does all your san pedro yeah (laughs) maybe (laughs) even more on an individual level what lsd does to your own self being your own teacher maybe right i don't mm-hmm. know that i think you're being taught by something else on lsd but i haven't taken it very far because i'm kind of weary of it i weary. like the idea of the things that are come from the earth being you know your main thing dmt it's in every living thing it's in you and and i can extract it from a bark and uh i just feel better about that than lsd or huffing a freaking can of whipped cream but but if you have the psychedelic history you can take any dissociative i could use alcohol which strips layers of yourself and i Mm -hmm. could make it yogic i could make it psychedelic i could use it as a tool now it's very easy it's a slippery slope but you, you can come to all sorts of realizations and you can mm-hmm. have profound positive effect from any of these things. But, but, but I would agree with Ram Dass's guru or, or his guide was that some of them are specifically, obviously medicines, whereas nitrous oxide might no, not fuck. be. And it yeah. could be very, very toxic. And it's all about your relationship with it. What do you That's see true. in it? What do you look for in it? What do you mm-hmm. gain from it? Now, I have a very healthy relationship with alcohol. It was the last drug I ever tried. I don't think I've I tried a new drug that. since I've tried alcohol. I can't think of one, but, um, but I, I'm, I tread lightly and I try to have a reason to use it. I wish I had the, the mindset with alcohol that I have with everything else. Now I've been able to be aware of that, right? So what should the yogi do when the yogi realizes that they have an unhealthy relationship with marijuana and that they're lying to themselves about their relationship with marijuana, they should change their relationship with marijuana. Very now. much. It's yes, not dude. easy with anything, with anything. anything. And right. that that's, that's, that's the basis of practice. Like that. I think that's the, that's the reason for monasticism. Yeah. You know, to the, let's just get all the shit that we can be attached to out of the picture. And what are we left with? Yeah. And I think that that's, I mean, it's a very intense way to do it. Um, but you know, uh, I think that that's, that's the reason for monasticism. I, I have a healthier relationship with unhealthy foods than I used to. I might gain a little bit of weight, but it's nothing like that used to happen to me, right? Mm -hmm. Where I couldn't stop. It became a pattern and it became extremely addictive, you know, to to the point where I would easily gain 70, 80 pounds right out of boom. Mm -hmm. And I'd have to lose it all again. Not only have I lost over a hundred pounds in my tenure, you know, 140 from peak to peak, I've lost thousands of pounds in gaining and losing in fluctuation. Yeah. 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 And, and, and psychedelics helped me put a, put a stop to that. And it helps well, you. Really- I was going to say, I was going to ask like, you know, cause I, you know, people go on these ayahuasca journeys with depression and come out like seemingly cured people go on ayahuasca, like week long excursions that with addiction and they come out like saying, Hey, I'm, 
you know, I don't, I don't have that problem anymore. And I'm wondering, you know, like we're talking about like, you know, whatever, whatever deity or being or whatever is telling us these things. Right. Or it's like really like this, like mirroring this like transcendent self. It's like, whatever is guiding us in that space. I wonder if it's like, when, when we can get in touch with it, it's fixing us. It's, it's, it's helping us bridge the gap between, um, and it's why those states are so sought after, I think. You know what I think it is? I think it's because we're forced to come back to ourselves from psychedelics. You can't live. I mean, there are very few people that live on psychedelics and eventually they're forced to come back to themselves. Now, sometimes very, very rarely it can get way out of hand. And I think it's out of hand for other reasons because they have other issues that they haven't come back to themselves from. Right. Right, Like living in a disassociated state. Right. And other drugs, other issues, other addictions, Uh they have other issues than the fact that they had a bad acid trip. Right. Right. You know, so I don't even know if you can isolate the individual acid trip or the su- succession of using a drug for a few weeks, even as being yeah. the culprit, as long as they come back to themselves, to themselves. Yeah. mindfully with force, with vigor. And that's what psychedelics force you to do. They force you to come back to yourselves. And as you put the pieces back together, you stack them the way that you want in a way you can, not everybody. Yeah. Some, some people may crumb- can. <laughs> I, I yeah. like, I like can redefine who I am when I've come back to form, when Dude, I come you back fucking to have me. just in, I mean, before you started doing DMT, you've redefined yourself how many fucking times? Yeah. Like, and I don't want to like, be a spokesperson. I don't know. This, like you were, dude, you did done so many things. I, yeah, I don't want to be a spokesperson. I don't know how everyone's going to be affected by it. I just know that that's the one I would sign my John Hancock on. And I've told it many times. I don't even care, good, bad, whatever, in this life, in this thing, me who I am, I'm your fucking guy. And I have said that to that shit. Good, bad, scold me, scare me, do whatever the fuck you want. I'm dying on this hill. I am bound by the experiences that I've had and I will learn from them and I will use them. And this is my life in this fucking lifetime. And nobody's going to convince me the shit is evil. Nobody's going to convince me that the shit, whatever, I have a relationship to it like you might have with the parent of all parents, so to speak, right? And sure. and yeah, it could make me, it could make me not want to do it. And I could stand up for myself just like you can stand up to a parent who, who sure. but, but it's sure. still, I am cut from that cloth and wow. I, there's no sure. going back on that. So that's, you know, I am inevitably its guy because I'm the one who decided to do it the length that I did and put my stock into it and be transformed by it. And there's no coming back from that, you know, dude, that made what you said made me think of like in the Bible, when it talks about, you can only enter the gates of heaven as a child of God. Yeah. And like, like that, that thing you're saying is like, you know, like you're saying like the parent of parents and it's like to have that relationship that like you're you're from that cloth and i can stand up to you i can be with you you can you know uh the dude uh at clinch academy in frederick um he's really i mean i didn't really i mean i loved the training there and the people there were cool but it just it was very dogmatic with like christianity but one thing i really liked that they talked about was this idea of like that your relationship with the divine 
or let's just say, you know, these deities or beings that you're, you know, this, this, this higher than you, bigger than you thing is like something that you wrestle with. Yeah. Like something that you, something that you, you know, that, yeah, it might be an easy role. It might be a really fucking intense role. It might be a really like, you know, insightful role, but it's like, like you said, man, it's like you either way I'm committed to it, but I just love the way I think that's why they called their academy clinch academy. Mm. And it was, it's all about like, he, he called it clinching to Christ. And it was like, really, yeah. I mean, you know, it was really, uh, it was, it was too intense for me with like the language, but I, in the nut, but I, I really appreciated that, that view of, of, you know, struggling with understanding and being with divinity rather than just like accepting something or, um, being able to uh being able to like you know quantify something like that like you like you can't you're letting it into yourself and you're no longer looking at it from the outside and i think that's part of the process with the spiritual journey with dmt experiences that you're meeting something initially as an outsider and eventually you say you know what you i'm with you and you yeah. no longer are looking at that from the outside it's within you and you don't see things the way you used to see them. You're not looking at other beings. You're becoming yourself on a deeper level that you were not doing before Dude, when you love. were on the drug. It's love. Yeah. And it tells me that, that that's the baseline is, is ultimately love for everyone and everything is the thing to hold on to. And then you can have fleeting moments of that that Ganesha, Lord of Obstacles, which is yeah, the, yeah, yeah. sometimes you got to be fucking aggressive and you got to stand up to motherfuckers and you got to, you got to do what you think is right, but you do it. And that is it. It is an action and it is not something you hold on to. It is not a weight that you no. bear. And you yeah, can't, yeah. you just, you just handle it. You might think about it. You might plan. You might, you got to use your tool. You're a fucking human. You know, you got to think about things, make sure you're right. Talk to other people, mm -hmm. do your best to do the best. And you're still going to handle situations wrong sometimes. So don't just jump the gun too much, but you know, it, it definitely lets me realize that the baseline is at least understand. I don't know if love is the, the word I use. I use total understanding. I've come to terms with the why anybody could think the way that they think and do what they do and not wonder why or how and where that weight. I don't have to think that I love a child molester, you know? True. Okay. Okay. But yeah, I, yeah. I'm not going to sit here and be like, how could somebody do that? No, I didn't know they can fucking do it. And if I ever get in a situation where I got to handle shit with something like that, I'm going to handle it the way I see fit. And that's just, mm. that's, that's a hill I'm going to die on, you know? But oh, yeah. so but is that not, is that not like, to me, that, 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 that is love, like love, you know, like fucking yeah. media paints, paints love, like, you know, like this picture of like, you know, just like good passive goodness or passion or right. something right but to me like it, like when i'm when i'm when i am giving to myself i have to push myself sometimes or allow myself to be pushed by others and and i have to be relaxed and chill and like rest and sometimes and 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 in a relationship i have to you know i have to hold my partner accountable and they hold me accountable and we hold each other accountable and it's 
And sometimes it might appear as something like an argument or like uh, something you say is harsh, but even though it's harsh, it's done not to hurt, but just to express. And, and in, yeah. you know, it makes me think of um, the other day you posted something awesome. Uh, it was like a couple of days ago and it was like accepting like how you feel like doing, living the life you want and accepting how it feels or something like that. In yeah. Yeah. And, and in the, there's a yogic text that speaks to that. It's called the Bhagavad Gita. And it's a dialogue between the transcendent like that, you know, Krishna and Arjuna and Arjuna is the warrior on this battlefield. And on this battlefield is all of his like uncles, brothers, friends, people that he's so close to, and he has to fight them. And Arjuna and, and Arjuna's like, dude, I don't want to do this. And he falls to his knees and he's just like, dude, I'd rather die than have to face this. And Krishna's like, no, dude, you have to just do your duty without worrying about the fruit of your actions. And, and I thought, I think that like, what you're saying is, is like, yeah, I, I like, like this fucking child molester. It's like, no, I'm going to fucking handle that. And I'm not, but I'm, I'm not attached to, like you said, like Jesus Christ, how could this, how could they do this? I can't, oh my God. And you get caught up in the crisis mode instead right. of just responding to the fucking situation. Yes. No, it, it, that that's definitely a, a big part of it. And it's a lot easier to feel. That doesn't mean you don't feel the weight of things like in, in relationships, somebody no. doesn't want to be with you anymore. Somebody doesn't. But I, I started telling girls, you know, a, a couple, few relationships ago, I started telling them, hey, I, I have a simple rule. If you don't want to be with me, then I don't want to be with you. And it's not because I don't think the world of you or think you're attractive or think you're cool, but it's why would I want to be with somebody who doesn't want to be with me? Yes. That's a simple rule. So yes. the second you don't want to be with me, I don't want to be with you. And it's that simple. And it doesn't mean it doesn't feel bad, but how's it long is it going to feel bad as long as I let it feel bad. But yeah. I, to me, I want to feel a little bad from it. I cared. It was a couple years. I don't mind feeling bad a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's human. I like yep. feeling yep. a little bit. I like having a little bit. But the second I don't want to feel that way, I, I can stop fucking feeling that way or I can stop being, you know, I, I can't. I have that. I know that that power is within me. Now, personality yeah. is going to decide how far it goes or whatever, but I know mm -hmm. that that is a tool at my expense. If I need to stop feeling a certain way, damn it, I can fucking do it. And the second my mind's made up that I'm not going to feel that way, I'm going to do a good fucking job at it. And that is just the fortitude of experience and understanding how you grow as a person and how you make these decisions. And when your mind is made up, it's really made up, right? Right. You know, mm -hmm. and yes, that's yes. what you realize that you can form the person. You can polish your personality. You can shape yourself. There's still going to be something that's your genetics, something that's your environment. Yeah. You can't escape your life, right? Mm -hmm. But you can really have a lot of options at your disposal. You can channel a lot of things. You can channel inspiration and influence and decisions in all sorts of ways that people just say, well, I'm just this way. You know, mm -hmm. it's like, I'm too tired to do this. I'm too this. It's like, yeah, but you can be tired and still do it. Yeah, dude, you're tired <laughs> at the end of your workday, or you could be tired at the end of something you enjoy. And eventually like you're going you're gonna to be fucking tired. Just be just be tired. Like you're like, yeah. it's like, um, yeah, dude, I, I totally agree. I totally agree. And guess what? Eventually you teach yourself to not be fucking tired. What are you going to be tired? We're for just talking about that today. Yeah. Yeah. You were like, I'm trying not to take that. Yeah, dude. I remember. Yeah. Yeah.
Yeah, eventually that's it. Naps are a great example. And I am, I understand it because I am an easily habit forming structured person when I want to be, or, or what I'm is sorry, tired? when I do. Yeah, I know. What is tired? Like, are we I talking know. physical? Are we talking emotional? Are we talking mental? And then what is that? Like, what yeah. is mentally being tired? Like, can you find a little more? Like, can, you know, and it's, I don't know. Is it not like, fleeting? People have stayed awake for fucking, I look yeah. at like fasting and people who stay awake for weeks at a time and all that kind of crazy shit. And it's like, it, it comes in waves and you curb it because you're mentally strong. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and, it, and yeah. it's well you know, that's how it, you're weightlifting i mean that's how you build that strength is like right. incrementally just like letting yourself well dude i'm in that shit right now at the gym man because let me tell you today was today was a rough day there and and i i was panic breathing almost the whole class dude i mean i i tapped to a white belt just because of the pressure on me like i yeah. i mean and no he's a great white belt that kid ross is awesome by the way that's my training I, partner I know, dude. I when I was and I was watching you all do some flow rolling at the end, and I want to do that with you guys because that reminded me of almost like Tai Chi rolling. Did it look cool, dude? It looked great because you guys were. It was just moving from position to position and allowing it to happen, and just letting yourself get used to being moved and then responding, and but not in an a. Uh, it's kind of like you said, allowing yourself to get still to be moved. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I, I, I would love to do that with you guys. Yeah. yeah. He's awesome. But dude, the, just like having to force myself, if I tell myself I'm tired or, or I'm fucked up or I'm anxious or whatever, like I, it's, if I keep telling myself that I will never push through that. So right. it's like, yeah, I can be anxious. I feel anxious, but I am not anxious. I can feel tired, but I am not tired. And, and, and yeah. if I keep saying I am tired, I'm fucking tired. <laughs> yeah. Or, or just, just make an attempt, make an attempt to be a juxtaposition of the awareness of the imbalance or inefficiency that's going on. Right. Mm, so like, like yes. be aware of the fact that you're anxious and that's what you need to dial on. That is the yin and the yang that just like if somebody's issue is not being aggressive enough, it's like, well, dude, you're not tired. Why aren't you working harder? You're just losing round after round and you're not even working. Like maybe you're the person that needs to go, but if you're the person that goes so hard that they get tired and need rest, it, you, you can isolate any dynamic down to a left and a right a yin and a yang and then you can find balance in it and then you find so much balance that it becomes a fucking paradox wait <laughs> what do you what do you what do you mean what do you mean dude it's because what you're in pursuit of is literally impossible to get a hold of and it almost always doesn't exist you are yin and yang don't exist. There's no, no such thing as separate. yin yeah, yoga yeah, and yang yeah. yoga. It's just, this yeah. is the thing I'm trying to do. I'm trying to be active. I'm trying to be strong. And in this one, I'm trying to be passive. Well, what's passive? You're not falling on the fucking ground. No. You're not a dead body. And even if you were dead, you would still be a result of the imbalances and muscular history and tension that you would have to some degree. You're only physically so dissociated from your history, even in an unconscious state okay mm -hmm. and and that's kind of what i mean it's like we we get wrapped up in these paradoxes of like i think anything that you can get down to two different things 
becomes a, a lot of great epiphanies, a lot of great things are paradoxical. The idea of, of death and life and the idea that if you slip into one from the other and it's a smooth transition, why is it death and why is it life? We've just defined it as so, definitions right. are paradoxes because they don't, uh, almost, you can't define many things without it being some sort of a construct, right? It's hard for me to talk yeah. about this. It's not something I do lectures on. It's not TED Talks or whatever, yeah, but I right, am right, sure right. that if I had to prepare a, if this was my college thesis statement- oh, dude, you totally could. You better fucking believe I'm gonna convince 90% of that room that there's no such thing as a definition and that mm. everything is a paradox in its purest form. And you see that with this God fucking paradox. And it's like, we can understand it to the micro level, but I've seen it to levels like, oh, you shoot back to somewhere where you may have came from or what you might've come out of, right, whether right. it be lineage in, in, in you see the ancestors that have become you, the life that is flowing through you from mm -hmm. previous lives. In that process, that interwoven thing, but then you see things on the infinite and finite level, and you realize that finite isn't even a piece on an infinite timeline, that it doesn't even fucking exist, that anything finite doesn't exist if infinity exists, that if there right, is you can always go back. Like, yeah. oh, a holy mountain, dude. Roll back camera. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, it's really hard to wrap your mind around the idea of it because you can't put your finger well, you on can't. it. You, you can't. Like, the only, and that's what I think, you know, back to what I was saying, like, it, a lot of the old texts define yoga by what it's not. Yes. Like, and it that's... is not this and it's not that. It's, it's, yes. it's, it, it, it. <laughs> It's and, and you know yeah. why? You know why, dude? I think because when you say it's not this and it's not that, and we're boiled down to those two things, you're left with awareness. You're yes. left with being. Like you're just okay. Well, if it's not this and it's not that, and that's all I have to to choose. Well, it's just it's just it's the it's it's ohm. It's like the it's just like the wall. It's it, it's how I felt on DMT at your house with um. Oh, it was out. everything was closing in on me. There were leaves closing in on me. And this woman was just like saying, why are you, you know, um, she was, she was just like, why you don't like, you don't negativity, like you don't, what are you being negative about? Why are you thinking about that? Like, and it was like, these leaves were closing in and I felt this pressure and I was just like, <gasps> and, and the minute that I just allowed there to be awareness of what was happening instead of reaction to what was happening, it like it popped. And then it was, then it just was like, I think I laughed for like 15 minutes, you guys said. Yeah, it was. Yeah, you definitely <laughs> laughed a while. It was great. It was great. We had a great time. That was awesome. Yeah, Everybody yeah, had man. a fun. That was a, that was a cool time. Um, I, I haven't had a gathering like that in forever. I would love to get a group of people together before long. That, that's some of my favorite memories are doing that, dude. And you know, it's crazy when I do DMT and there's people with me. My experience is almost always DMT hanging out with me while, while somebody else does it. I don't get an experience usually unless I really come hard. I kind yeah. of get this, this like thing where the energy that is handling business with other people is sort of like sitting side by side with me, dude. And I only get that experience when I'm with other people. And it sort of like tells me like, hey, you know, there's some shit going on. Thank you for trusting me. There's Got some healing. 
It's crazy, <laughs> dude. It's, a, cool. it's absolutely crazy. But, um, you know, so to understand what I mean, as far as like this, okay, the, the idea of everything is a paradox, right? So if, if there is a God and God runs through us, then we are God, but we are not God. The yes. second we are aware that we are God fully, we become God. And the second that we forget that we're God, God becomes separate from us. There's no definitive lines in existence. If you become life after death, then there's no such thing as death. There's no such thing as life. There's no such thing as balance, but everything is in balance. You can do it with fucking everything, dude. Yeah. You can do it with literally every dynamic down to the, the, the zig and the zag, the yin and the yang, you can, you can do it. And, and it, every time you trying to find, that's why I always say, if you tell me something you don't like about yoga, well, then yoga can be the exact opposite. Yes. What yeah. don't you like about it? What don't yep. you like? You don't like the, the hard postures. You don't like the heat. Mm -hmm. Well, it doesn't have to be that. It doesn't have to be anything. And it right. shows you the way that you react to things. It shows you your defense mechanisms. It shows you your ego issues because you can look at things and find reasons to not like them. And true yoga shows you to form a practice based off of what? the positive and negative reactions to things. I don't really know shaping the direction and path that you would like to take something. So, you know, I, there's, there's a path and an, there are options on the table. And I think that's kind of how I try to see almost, almost anything, you know, and it, it it's really, it, it is really funny, man, because you see it in, so balance and symmetry is a really good example. We gravitate okay. towards this idea of structural symmetry, but then you realize when you analyze some of the best runners in the world, some of the best runners in the world run with literal asymmetrical differences on their left and right side. One is the driving leg. The other sure. one is the right. So they yes. literally, and that's how they fucking run. So why do we gravitate towards this construct of literal balance over this plane? It's just an option. It's just an awareness that you can take and use however you would fucking like. And you might create imbalances that are what? Logical, that feel right. We understand the difference between logic and we understand the difference of feeling. But guess what? You can logically use your feeling. It's logical to use feeling. And it, it's the same two sides of the same coin. Almost every time you start breaking things down to a wise level. Now I'm only so wise. I'm 33 fucking years old. I wish I could do this podcast at age 70, but I don't even know if we're going to be around when I'm 70 or I don't know, you know? Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it's really, it's really, it's a, it's fickle shit, man. I mean, it's like, if, if, if we're in everything, we're both dead and alive. If we're mm -hmm. a part of the finite and the infinite, what are we even in the finite? What is the, uh, that's well, enough that's, of that, that, you but know. that's the ego, right? That's like, 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 okay. Like we're finite and infinite, but the minute that we, we attach to, I'm just this, we separate ourselves from that 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 possibility that we yes. that we are all the things and and i think that like you know it's 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 uh i think the dissolving of the ego and like what they talk about is like the transcendent of the transcendence of karma or like the the 
karma trying not to think of it like uh like you know literal rebirths right but thinking of it as every moment of time is almost like a death and a birth like every day every second like we have this opportunity we're we're born again literally like every moment and it's like to get into to get in touch with that you have to be willing to let go of the moments before and you can't be grasping to create like the moments like to come you have to literally just be the awareness like just like needing what comes yeah dude because if you if you tell yourself that you need to be positive are you really feeling positive oh that shit's why i that that positive psychology shit is crazy to me yeah because if you're not feeling positive about the way that you're being are you even being positive or are you just are you acting what are you doing it is, it is. And, and I think that's, that's a really big like pitfall in the new age community with yoga and all of these, because they talk a lot about what we're talking about right now. This idea of like Atman is Brahman. That's the old, that's the old language for it. But literally like the transcendent self is the self and the self is the transcendent self. But the new age community only has like, it's like they took all the little pieces of everything just at surface level. And the surface level knowledge became the the tell all, kind of like we're saying with like so, a seasoned teacher and an un, and a like a unseasoned teacher. And yeah. it's like, yeah, you read the manual, you got the information. We are one with everything, but you're thinking. But then it gets into like, but yeah, and that just means you're bliss. So you need to be positive all the time. You need to be this all the time. And it's like you're denying and disconnecting from a whole half of experience. Yeah. And denying a whole half of experience from in those circles. And it's like, it's like, um, and, and then, you know, I think in a, a lot of times in those circles, there's a lot of unhealthy shit, like gurus and people abusing people and, you know, people guiding people to do some wacky shit because they're caught up in that, that finite, like expression, that projection, that yeah. mask. And what are they hiding? And the better they are at hiding something, the bigger what they're hiding gets that, that balance of that, whatever it is. So like the more that you have to project happiness and that becomes a part of your existence, the larger the monster that you're protect, protecting gets, the larger right, the that- wound, the sadness, yes, whatever. Yeah, it gets yeah. bigger and it gets stronger and you identify with it more. And then yep. eventually it doesn't even become too separate things you just learn to be this autopilot psychopathical liar that runs everything through these filters and tells you what you shouldn't want i mean who knows maybe that's all we are to the core is our projections is our insecurities is what we protect and that balance of that but there are levels to it and we can definitely see ways in which it can be extremely problematic and this whole just be nice and be happy and be peaceful but are you do you feel peaceful? Do you go to bed at night and think I am a happy, peaceful motherfucker? Because honestly, right, like I, I, yeah. I, I do. I really do. I, I, dude, I do as well. Yeah. yeah I mean, I, I feel the weight of the problems in my life sometimes. Sure. But, of course. you know, but like that's, that's the, that's the duality. That's the non-duality. Exactly. Right? That's like, the paradox. Like, yeah. Right, dude. Yeah. <laughs> You're neither like, and both. both. Yeah. <laughs> You're neither <laughs> and both. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I had that discussion with an ex where I I told her that a lot of my tattoos were rooted in duality. And she goes, well, I'm more into oneness. 
And I said, yeah, <laughs> but guess what? It's one fucking tattoo and it represents oneness and duality. Bitch, you didn't let me finish. They're the both wow. the same thing. Same and different. Neither and both, bitch. And then yeah. we broke up. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> Dude, you need to make a shirt that, that like something around that, but it's just neither and both, bitch. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be a dope shirt. <laughs> It's, hey, you know, it's not, yeah, it's not oneness. It's not duality. It's just the ways we can analyze it. And they both fucking overlap. And it, mm-hmm. you, in order to analyze oneness, you need to create duality. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Right? You, you have, there has to be a split reference. It in two. There's always a reference point. You Every can't... dynamic can be split into two. Opposites sure. and 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 more opposites, dude. That's that's Taoism to a nutshell. Yeah. Like you know, the great Wu came yin and yang. Yeah, and it's from oneness came separate. Look at art. Look at art. You know, you you can look at music. You can either play what softer or more aggressive. Everything that you can do, you can do in two different directions. Sure, and that's and within what, that is a myriad of fucking variants. Yeah. Like, yeah, dude. yeah. And you can analyze the body this way, dude. Polarity, left and right, front and back, top and bottom. Then it gets really crazy because then you can see it as no planes and one object and the way it relates to other objects. And then you're just one. That's that's what that's like grappling. Well, that's masterful, you know? right? That is masterful to be yeah. able to to not to be able to not be bound by plane. Like I can teach someone um tree pose standing up, you know, where you're balancing on one leg. But a really great way to teach tree pose to, for people who are new to it is actually on your back, not even balancing, because you start to feel how, how, what you're playing against in, in standing, like almost as if there were a wall behind you, yeah. almost as if there was a ceiling above you that you're pressing into, almost, you know, a great way using a wall for yoga is amazing. Like, let's say warrior one, you know, your, your hips are forward, your arms are reached up. But no one ever teaches, I, I've, I've never been to a class except for someone using a wall that teaches about how to press your heel back behind you in that posture. Yeah. And if you have the wall there, you have something to push off of and you can feel that, that. So it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, dude. But then now if what makes the posture more masterful, take the wall away. Can you, can you recreate that without the external plane? Does it make sense to recreate it into what level? Maybe it's something you, I mean, in ways, right? You learn things from it and you can channel it, but you can only channel so much of it if you're not pressing against an object. And why are you doing it? If it like, what is that? That's why, you know, like uh, Krishnamacharya is one of my, like, you know, like uh, James Fuller's your, your strength guy, dude. Krishnamacharya is my, my yoga guy. He's well, way long past. But what he talked about was very much an individualized yoga that you don't teach everyone everything and you don't practice everything. You practice the things that are like that, that fulfill your life and fulfill your purpose. And that, that, that makes sense for what you do in your day. And he didn't dude. he, oh my God, he, he didn't, he didn't, I mean, he did codify like a whole system. Um, and he's what Ashtanga was born out of, but dude, I mean, the, the individualized one-on-one like, like work he did 
is i mean oh dude it's everything we're talking about he would the lectures and all the things he has and books and and stuff from like i mean he passed in like what like the maybe the late 18 no 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 the early 1900s i think but like um but dude he was he was like way way into exactly what we're talking about like this non-dual state like this non-dual awareness of what we do and how we interact with life and that we have to be we have to be individualized but the because it's like and and that is ever evolving like you don't get like a prescription of like how to how to strengthen and stretch your body that's going to change as your life changes and and how do your practices shift and change as you age you know as you as you do different careers like right now i'm i'm lifting like 75 pound bins every day and it's like before i was delivering chinese food you know what i'm saying so it's like what i what i had to focus on in that to to maintain the, the health of my posture being seated all the time yeah. whereas now i'm i'm doing something more physically demanding so now i'm strength training a lot more and it's like it's um it's just i think it's to to have that relationship with yourself i think you know obviously you have a relationship with a guide that's like building that relationship with you but i think the only thing that that is is like you know like I'm noticing now my girlfriend has a son and I'm, I've gotten a really good relationship with him. And I'm, I'm seeing myself, the voice in my head is the voice of my parents and I can choose to listen to that voice. Yeah. And, and, or I can choose to say, you know, well, what's my way? What, what do I, what do I feel is valuable to offer? Kind of like what you were saying with like, I can challenge the parent of the parent or I can just go along with it. And it's like, but I think, the teacher becomes you like whatever, whoever has taught you anything, wherever you've learned becomes the the thoughts in the mind. The thoughts aren't something that is yours. No, it's something that has come from something external that is almost like a burnoff. And, yeah. and uh, the burnoff, if, if we sit and watch the burnoff, we start to see the individual or not even the individual, the being that is, that is, what we are rather than the thoughts or rather than the the discomfort or the pain or the physical sensations and you when you get in touch with that being i think it is that's like that you know that that's kind of what i feel when i'm when i'm working with with um oliver is like i i'm in touch with a part of myself i've never been in touch with because i don't want to repeat some of the stuff that happened before so it's forcing me to pull out of myself something that I've like something new, something creative, something that is, um, well, Hey, they've done it this way for fucking ever, but you know, why do I have to do it that way? I, I want to raise this kid to, to, to appreciate and be free to think and be open-minded and, and to explore life and, uh, you know, like not be like afraid to do those things. So it's like, I'm watching, but then as I do it, teach him, it's that, relationship he's the guru now because he's teaching me right. how to do that in my life dude it's I, it's fucking i never thought i've ran from being like any type of parental figure but that that shit has is teaching me so much dude to be in that relationship yeah in in regards to what we're talking about and and sure. it, you take it down to you analyze something to the point where you can either do it or do the opposite and then choose which the degrees that you do it or, or, or flow back and forth between the opposites. It's not mm-hmm. one or the other, and it's not permanent, but you're aware of the, the option 
of that yeah. left or right because yes. you've been shown the left and you are aware of the right and not because of you've been shown the left, right? Like that's that whole thing of being able to see the yin and the yang of something, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, yeah. and that, that happens to a lot of us when, when you either choose to abuse because you were abused or you choose to never fucking abuse in the way that you were abused, right? But it's a very mm-hmm. obvious thing that goes on. And then it gets broken down to millions of opposites and zigs and zags. And you see yourself yep. become yep. it in ways, even though that you've, in most ways haven't, you know, um, mm-hmm. I'll tell you, this is, um, I know we'll probably wrap it up in a, in a few minutes, but this yeah, is a, yeah. what I like to say is like, when you define things and you talk about what yoga is and what isn't, and you were talking about how you're doing strength training and we've talked before. I mean, strength training is yoga. It, it, it is yoga. It, dude. It yeah. ha- you can't escape yoga and you can't put your finger on it. You're always right. doing it's not it. this. It's not that it's, it's a, it's the whole thing. And it's just your awareness of it. It's the playful, whatever. It doesn't matter. I'm not going to define it. But the point is, I always tell people, tell me how driving in my car and my car seat is not yoga. I, it, dude, I can't, you can't. Yeah. And in a lot of ways, it's more the yoga of my life than downward dog. I mean, I don't have to do what you do. It is what you're participating in. Yes. So, yeah, so yeah. especially if the downward dog is just the practice, just that set alone separate time to then implement into my day to day. And I use things that make sense, like ideas of alignment and feeling and my awareness, but I need to unearth it and, and, and apply it to when it really matters, like driving in my car, like yeah, dude wrestling, like yeah, whatever. Yeah. And, and then you start to realize like, okay, do I want to make a decision to change the angles of this? Or do I want to figure out how to do this here? Because you can either forward fold, you can either bridge, or you can stay in neutral. One time I was doing yoga and I fell weird on the ground and I had like a thick carpet under one half of my body and the other half of my body. I didn't. And I said, oh man, I should just shift over. So I'm either completely on the carpet or completely off. And then I had the thought of what makes any of it wrong. There's a right way to go about any of it. And that's the thing you should be attracted to. What makes you think just because you lie onto the the wood floor or the carpet that anything distinctly good is going to come of it. Make good of where you're at. And that blew my mind. And I used that the next day. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's it with like the car. It's like, I could try to change what, what my atmosphere is to make my life better or, or my situation better. I'm a tall guy in a car, but there is a way to go about it. Just like I, I watch those dudes in like other countries. I don't think many Americans do it, but where they stand still, I saw this one. It was so cool where it was like a, I think a Japanese guy was like painted and it was art where he was like standing in a certain position still forever. You know, how they do that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like the the street street performers, street performers, they stay still in a position. Yeah. And, and, and that's exactly what that is. Why that position? Why not? Why not? Hey, yeah. And if, and if why not let it tell you not let it tell you, maybe I should change something in my back because it doesn't feel right. Then you find the way that does feel right. You are inspired to move not off of constructs and coaching yourself, which is going to create what too much action, make just the right amount of adjustment. And you find this blissful or 
as close to it as humanly possible form mm -hmm. of stillness, even though it looks what? Imbalanced, asymmetrical, doesn't look like a yoga pose. The video was cool because a woman came up and offered him food. So he ate the food and he thanked her real quick and then went back to being still, you know, <laughs> but it was like, it was a cool, it was a cool little clip, but I thought about that. I'm like, what makes what that guy's doing what he's doing. He's, he's purely graceful as far as anyone could ever be. He yeah. is balanced. He's calm. He's all of these things that we search for in yoga. And we think we're going to find it through a better angle, make the most of any of it. If you no, can do yeah, Cobra yeah. plank and downward dog, why can't you do any of them? And if you can look at your mm -hmm. knees and your belly button or your hands, you need to be able yeah. to make all of them good. And the in-betweens good that the finding the final landing place comes from the onset yeah and yeah. everything okay. in between you know yeah, everything yeah, yeah. in between is a posture <laughs> every frame and you, then you uh, get yeah, every, more every frames. movement from movement to the to the stillness to the movement to um yeah dude everything is at the whole process like uh that guy krishnamacharya would talk about the yoga of participation that's yoga is participating in in your life participation in life and participation in like what is at hand whatever is at hand we're participating fully in it and yeah. like and i think that that's exactly i mean that, that sound like when you said all that that's the first thing that popped my mind is like yeah like we we you have to be able to embrace what is to either get past it or to enjoy it right right mm -hmm. you know yeah de definitely and my guru ganesha would either choose to remove an obstacle from its life or place one in front. No, place yeah. One in front. yeah, 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 dude. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes you do need to adjust your environment for a better yeah, situation. Dude. Fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> um, yeah, dude. Well, I'm glad we had this podcast. Uh, dude, you have, I mean, I am grateful for this. Thank you so much, dude. Cause like, uh, yeah. just this, we'll do more. I love, I don't have very many friends that I can talk to on this level of yeah. like understanding and like experiential understanding so it's like it's i'm always i always love talking to you dude and um i'll, I'll anytime man anytime yeah dude i, I want to get a couple people from my the yoga studio i'm on at but you're going to be my main regular yogi sidekick type dude you know i mean i i, I want people on here that i've had developed relationships with i really want to get the yin guy sure. greg on and uh this uh chick alexis is uh a friend of mine who's a really good yoga instructor up at yoga centric. I want to yeah. get her on and you know, anybody, well, but you're going to be, be great for this dude. Greg's he's, awesome. He's done a lot of journeying and psychedelic ayahuasca. Too. He yeah, wants to do yeah. it, dude with him. I need to plan ahead. He's a, you know, scheduled. So we got to like, I got to like oh. set time two, three weeks in advance. This is when we're okay. going to do it. So yeah, I'm going to yeah, do yeah. it once my schedule normalizes a bit. And uh, I think I'm going to do it in person with him. That's awesome. I mean, I've okay. loved doing that. We'll talk about that more and stuff, but uh, yeah, sure. I'll have you back on as pretty much as often as you want, dude. It was good. All right, cool, man. Hell Sweet. Yeah. All right. Cool. Later, All right, dude. Man, I'll talk to you later, man. Yep. See ya. Peace.